Thank you for listening to the Monmouth Praise Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.praiseonline.net or follow us on social media on Facebook or Instagram. Good morning. Silent offerings. That's why we have velvet baskets, so it doesn't clink when you put it in there. <laughs> Online. So I walked into the building this morning, and uh, Clara says, I need some notes. I said, oh, okay. Uh, we are tackling a little tough uh, piece of scripture this morning, so uh, just um, help us with this, will you? Shout extra amens if you can, or do different things to let. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to talk to you today about gender and God's plan. Uh, genders. How many of you know that's an issue today? Anybody know that? It was an issue in the old days, too. And it was an issue in the church in Ephesus that Paul is writing to Timothy. Paul is uh, explaining to Timothy. Now, you understand that the book of Ephesians in the New Testament is a letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus. The letter to Timothy is a letter from Paul the apostle to Timothy the pastor. Old guy Paul writing young guy Timothy about difficulties he's having with old people. This is, <laughs> this is how it goes. And sometimes uh, scripture has to be understood in context. Context is an important thing to understand because we all have context. You, context is where you are found. It's, it's the environment around you and that's the context that you find yourself in. This scripture was written to Timothy, a young pastor who's struggling with some people in his church with some newfound freedoms, particularly women that were just treated as objects and pretty much owned in that culture. Not a lot different than today in the Far East cultures and in the cultures here. We all struggle with this uh, issue, and it's not just the church. It's the world around that struggles with this issue. And Paul relates it going back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and how at the beginning of that time was a struggle where sin entered the world. And it's manifested through our attitudes toward each other. So when we're talking about this scripture in 2 Timothy, I'm going to read it to you and just bear with me. It's not one you want to put on your refrigerator, but it is one that you have to understand and we want to glean and hear what God says to us. Because it's, it's inspired scripture, but without context, we will find error. So I want to make sure of that. Right? She's up here for moral support? No. <laughs> this is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to turn it over to Lila. Therefore, I want men everywhere, verse 8, to lift up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want women to dress modestly and decently with propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls. By the way, if you wore pearls to church today, it's okay. This is the context. <sighs> I told you it's not easy. But with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission I do, I do not, this is Paul writing to Timothy, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. 
<laughs> For Adam was formed first, <laughs> then Eve. Adam was not the one deceived, although he certainly was after the fact. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. <laughs> this gets so much easier to talk about, isn't it? How about this line, verse 15? But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue to in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. We know this, that you are saved through grace, through Christ Jesus and his blood on the cross. Uh, if you're a man and you can't have children, uh, you still can get saved. The context of this scripture was very difficult in that time. And understand that the, the warp of this concept and the sin and the oppression of women has not ended today. In fact, there is a war on the genders. There's, the, there's a war on the females. There's war on males. There's, there's war on the understanding that God has created us to fulfill his purpose. This same war was raging in the time when Jesus came to the earth. It was also raging in the church where Paul was writing to Timothy, this young pastor. He says, I do not permit a woman to teach over a man. Let me explain this for a minute. <laughs> Amen. Can I just tell you something personally? When someone says, I sat under their ministry or I sat under his ministry, please don't tell me you're sitting under my ministry. It just feels creepy. What are you doing under there anyway? <laughs> Paul said, I do not permit a woman to teach over a man. Women were finding themselves as such newfound freedom. They were using it as finally to be able to tell someone how, you know, what to do with it. And that wasn't good. That wasn't godly. So we can take our freedom that we have in Christ and misuse it. We can take the freedom that God gives us, the, the value that God gives us, the, the anointing that God gives us, the authority that God gives it, and misuse it. And abuse people. I don't think it's good for a man to teach over a man. I don't think it's good for a woman to teach over women. I think the verse that is most important to me in this context is the one that Paul the Apostle wrote to the church at Ephesus, the same church. He wrote in Ephesians 5, 21, and we use it for our first guiding value, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. If I submit to you, you submit to me, we're going to do okay because Jesus is going to show up. This hierarchy thing that this culture is bought into with, with the CEO models of top-down leadership is not godly. What godly leadership is underneath. And we lift up people to God and we lift up one another and we encourage one another. We submit to one another. It's the key to a marriage. Right? No. Can I, can I explain to you context for a minute, and then I will, if it's okay, I will continue. That was a joke. 
I found a picture in our garage, cleaning out the garage of Lila and I when I was 19 and she was 18 and we were going to a senior trip. And then somebody put on Facebook, you're still going on senior trips. Now we're... S <laughs> and she hasn't changed, if only for the better. Well, boy, I have done a few things to myself. Um, the context of this scripture is how we have to understand it. I, I came home from uh, late night when I was first going out with Lila. We talked way in the wee hours of the morning. And I came home and I found my dad. I were home alone with my dad. My dad, my mom was on a trip and my dad was home. He was clutching his chest laying on the bed. And I didn't know what to do. I was a young kid. I, I, he said, I think I'll be all right. And he was like, this is bad. So I picked him up in my arms and I put him in my Cuda. I had a, a 1970 Plymouth Cuda with a 340, four barrel, sweet ride. 60s on the back, 70s on the front. It was a, it was a fast car. And I took my dad to a hospital in that car and I hit the flashers and I just went all the way across town in Albany, all the way to Albany General going with my flashers. And there was a cop going down Gary Street, and I passed him with my flashers on. I went, like he was standing still. He didn't turn his lights on. He didn't follow me. I honestly don't know why. But he said, he probably said to himself, I'm almost time for my shift to go over, and I can't catch that car anyway. <laughs> or maybe he thought it was an emergency run. Because the context of that moment wasn't, I was a kid, I wasn't a kid trying to, I was just trying to get my dad to the hospital. The context of this scripture isn't that Paul's mad at women. He's trying to get his church under control. Because there were people out of control, and the, particularly the women, because they were finding freedom here. And Paul had to rein it in, had Timothy to rein it in. Do you understand context? So now when somebody's on my bumper, I pull over, because they might want to go somewhere in an emergency. It might be they might be late for their job. If they're late one more time, they're fired. I want them to get there. Context. Context of this scripture is really important. And I just want Lila to share with you a little bit about being willing. I got to get out here. Good morning. So I've been living this scripture this week. For any of you that know me, this is not my deal. I don't. I I don't like being up in front that much. I would prefer probably to sit down there and then cheerlead you on. And um, I, I just want to tell you, though, that God um, dealt with me. First, Joe said, Lila, I put you down. And I go, what? And then God said something, and so then that was that. But anyway. Uh, so how do we do this? How do we walk it out? How do we... As women walk it out, how do I want to address something though? It's not just about women, as Joe said, there's other things that keep us from walking in what God asks us to do. They're just are. And um, I was raised with um, a family that women were always considered able to be in the ministry. It just wasn't an issue in my home. And then I married Joe, and honestly, he has pushed me to do things that I thought I'd never do. It was, I, 
I, it wasn't that. Mine was more comparison. Mine was feeling a lack of ability to do something that someone else could do better. I struggled with those things. I still do sometimes, to be just very transparent. It would be easier for me to sit down, sit down where you're at and have somebody else up here who I know is probably more qualified. But God asked me to do it. And so the first thing I want to tell you is you need to be willing. You need to be willing. And I feel like I'm willing most of the time. And if I'm not, God deals with me <laughs> about that. Um, Emmy, our granddaughter, was four years old. And she was helping her mom raise money at a garage sale. And a gentleman came up and he had an item. And I don't remember what item it was. But it was uh, for four dollars. And the gentleman came up and he said, would you take $3 for this? And Emmy piped up and said, actually, sir, we will take five. We're raising money for a puppy. <laughs> Guess what? She got the five bucks. In fact, I think Joyce said she might have got another dollar too. Um, but this is what God wants us to do. We have to be willing and we have to be all in. And sometimes the cost is going to be bigger than you think it is. It is going to require more time spent. It's going to require, a, it's going to step out of your comfort zone. I, I think that we've made a mistake sometimes if we t say, ooh, they're really gifted. They can do it. It's easy for them. They slide and glide right into what God asked them to do. And that's not the truth. Even when someone's gifted, they still have, if they're going to be effective for God, God's got to be bigger than them. Okay? And God's got to be bigger than me. And he is. And it has to be beyond myself. I have to, I have to step out and let God push me beyond what I know I'm capable of doing. So it's so important for that. And the other thing is, there's this nudge that God gives us. Have you experienced the nudge? It's, <laughs> I, I, I say, God um, nudged me to do that. Let me tell you something. If it's God, and he knows it's good for you, the Holy Spirit is gentle. I agree with that, and you can always say no. But he will make it hard to say no if you're willing. If you're willing, he will make it hard. And you will not feel better or have rest until you do what God's asked you to do. And can I tell you, that's a gift. That is a gift from the Lord. Because there are so many things I have done that I said I am not going to do. I ended up doing. And there is this fulfillment and something that happens in me that would not happen any other way. I want to tell you a story. A lot of you know this story. Some of you were here for this story, but I'm going to tell you it again because I feel like it describes what, what we go through as being stepped out of our, as um, having to move out of our comfort zone. Um, we had a church plant in Salem for a couple of years, the Ike Box. And if you remember right, we would have video feed up here uh, one Sunday. Joe would go every other Sunday, and we had to do it to the minute. So the worship team would have to stop at a certain time and and we'd be um we'd coincide with the other church and then the live feed would come on and whoever was preaching would go right on well i used i usually traveled with joe to salem or here wherever we went wherever he was preaching i would go to that particular 
place. This Sunday, Noelle, my daughter, was home from Bend, and she wanted to come here because she knew everybody here. And so I said, I'll go with you there. It was also the Sunday that Dave was gone. Um, any leadership was gone that Sunday for very good reasons. Dave, your dad had just passed away, I remember, and he couldn't be here, and we just had a lot of leadership gone. And um, so I was um, sitting here, and when Joe, when they went to put the feet up, who was here for that? Joe was on the screen, but there was, you could see his lips moving, but there was a Marachi band playing. Oh yeah, that's so funny for you. Uh-huh. I walked to the back and um, Pat was doing sound then and he was just scrambling. Just honestly, it was crazy. And he had this look of terror on his face. The only worst look was mine. Uh-huh. And I looked at him and I go, we're down? And he goes, yeah, I can't get this to quit. The Marachi band was just, I mean, it was just loud. And, and Joe was on. Because, and so I walked out in the hallway and I knew nobody else was here. That was kind of on me. And I just said, Lord, help me know what to do. And I walked back to Pat and he goes, we're down. And by that time, we couldn't even see Joe. There was nothing. And I walked down the middle aisle and I did what any great leader would do. Let's pray. And um, <laughs> that's what I said. Let's pray. And then they kind of giggled and I said, No, I'm serious. We have no fee. And um, then what happened was I looked up, at, hoping for a miracle from Pat, like, ah, We're on. And he just looked at me and he said, No, we're down. And so I said, I'm going to preach today. And do you know what happened? Not because I'm so great, but because you're so great. Because we cheerlead each other in this church. Everybody started clapping. They said, you're going to preach. I'm going to preach today. And what had happened to me is I had been asked to speak at a um, women's Christmas party, Christmas luncheon in December. This was October. This never happens to me. I had a word. God gave me a word and it had been running through my head for three weeks. I am not kidding you. I would go to sleep at night. It would not leave. It would not leave. It was very clear. It was a very clear word. Um, but I was not ready to present that, I didn't think. And I got up here and said, I'm going to preach. And I knew I was supposed to give that. And I, didn't, I had been up and down so many times, I didn't even want to go down and get my Bible or anything. I knew the scripture, and Diane was sitting in the back, and I knew that she could um, read it. And I said, Diane, will you read this scripture? And she read it, and then I went. And in the middle of it, I remember thinking, I hope I remember the second point. I hope I remember the third. God was faithful. Can I just tell you, I'm not being self-deprecating here, okay? I'm just telling you the honest truth. It wasn't the best sermon. Okay, but I was obedient and I was willing. And after I got done and said amen, the first people up here were men that came and cheerleaded me, that told me what a good job, how wonderful it was. Mike, I remember you, and I remember Troy coming to me right away, right away, just encouraged me. And I knew that um, God used the word. Does that make sense? But I knew it wasn't. The best I knew it could have pre be presented better it helps to know when you're gonna speak sometimes I'm for me I know some people are better off the cuff I'm not um, but 
It was so incredible. And then Joe found out over there. He thought they were joking. And then he was worried about it. Afterwards, someone told me, um, they said, oh, man, I'm sure glad God didn't make me do that. I wouldn't want to do that. And, you know, I went home and I told Joe, you know what? I'm so glad God made me do that. I got to do that. It wasn't because it was so good, but it was because I obeyed. And when God asks you to do something, it's for a reason inside of you. And, yeah, I think that he uses us to minister to other people, but he does something in you when you step out and obey and do what he asks you to do. It's what he does. And the next thing I want to say is you've got to contend for it. You've got to contend for what God wants to use you in. He wants to use you. If you speak up in front, if you teach, if you take care of children, whatever it is, you've got to contend for it, male or female. And sometimes female, women have had to contend for it more, but contend for it. Don't settle for less than what God asks you to do. Do not settle for that. Contend for it. I want to tell you one more story. I'm sorry, it's just what I've lived, but um, it's another personal story. But I, Joe and I were um, starving to get death when we first started and planted the church. And I was looking for a job, and I, I, I really needed a, a job with insurance. And um, the Lord opened up a door that I could go work at the Oregon Ministry Network. And um, I, I had an interview and then they called me back and said I was hired. I had dealt with anxiety a lot. I just, uh, I've dealt with anxiety a lot in my life. And at that time, I had never driven to Salem by myself, um, by the freeway. I had never gone on the highway and I had never gone on I-5. I'd never driven there by myself. Diane has driven me around a lot of times in Shoto in a little tiny town. Uh, there's no cars in Montana, hardly, and there's not hardly any traffic. And so Salem was like this big deal, and I got hired, and I knew that I had to say yes. And understand this, I knew that it was a blessing to get a good job and to work where I was, um, where I'd been hired. Um, so then they told me they want me this certain day. That's all great. That's the day that Joe, Joe's gone that week. He's in Montana that week. And Joe was the one I really depended on, and he would drive me if I needed it and all those things. But I knew deep down that God was doing something, that if he hired me to go to Kaiser, that he would give me um, the tools to do it, but I didn't know how. And I had never done it before. And I just want to tell you, I had people in my life who just encouraged me. And they, I had older women in my life, younger women in my life, that just said, Lila, you got this. You can do this. God gave this to you. He didn't ask me to do it by myself. My mom and dad came and stayed with us in, a trailer for, in their travel trailer for a week while Joe was gone and knew that that first week of me driving was a challenge. And my dad would have driven me, and I said, no, I got to do it. I got to do it. And so before Joe left, he drove me to and from, so I knew how to get there. I didn't even know how to get there on my own. <laughs> Other than that, it was no big deal. And um, uh, But it was so interesting because it was a beautiful sunny day, which seems like a miracle these days, sunny. And it was beautiful. It was nice. I kind of liked it. I had this newfound freedom. It was the Lord just... 
he just helped me. It was still, it's like he, he asked me to do it. He had provided. And there was a sense of accomplishment. I did that for two weeks, drove to and from by myself. I worked at the OMN for almost 15 years. And not one time after that was I required to drive by myself. There was always someone I could carpool with. And, and I got to the point where I really enjoyed going by myself because I'd have my prayer time and do all that. But if I needed someone to go with me, I could. It was like, I'm going to let you do this, Lila, for two weeks, and then I'll provide. It was, um, it was amazing what God did. It was amazing. And so I just want to encourage you, male, female, no matter what you're dealing with, do what God asks you to do. He will provide the way but fight through it and go to one. We're talking this month about generational unity and, and depending on generations, the young and the old, that we need everybody. And this week, Mackenzie has cheerleaded me on. Thank you. She has checked in on me and asked me how I'm doing with this. And um, I was honest, this is not my deal. And um, I was also honest and said, but God told me to do this. Can I tell you too, I just want to tell you, there is an incredible anointing on women right now. There just is. There's anointing on men too. But I just want to tell you, this, God has such a sense of humor that he asked me to stand up in here and share it. This is the weekend of the IF conference. The best women speakers spoke this weekend. And here I am. And I'm not. I don't mean I am here. I mean... Never mind. <laughs> it's time for me. You tell me to sit down now. No, no, but there's incredible anointing on women right now. Linda David from this church had a vision to have Bible studies with communities, with different denominations, with, um, in different places, morning and night all over the state. It has happened like crazy. Do you know there's been over 1,500 women meeting at the same time, studying the same Bible study? That is from God, people. And he used Linda because she was obedient and because she's listened to him and walked alongside. And there's been men and pastors who have been on the board, who have encouraged their women to participate in this, who've encouraged Linda with it. It's incredible. There was an IF conference. I don't know how many ladies watched it all over the nation, watched the Afghan, uh, worldwide, all over. There's an incredible anointing on it. So what I would like to do, we're going to pray for all of you, but I specifically, woman to woman, would like to pray over you women, if I could. Okay. Um, oh, I'll do that a little bit later. I'll, uh, do, what, do you care? Okay. If that's what you... Yeah. Um, be a contender. Contend for what God has called you to do. Um, this is not a gender thing. I'm so grateful to be in a denomination that values women in leadership and says women can be pastors and leaders of any kind. I think it's 18% are women uh, in our leadership, but let me explain something. That's probably not enough. Obviously, 50% of us are, are, are women, not of us. But. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. I think the 
onus and the responsibility rests on us to step into the place that God has called us to. Because the doors are, the doors are open. I love Beto's explanation of prison and freedom. We, we sit in a jail cell and God opens the prison doors and we just don't walk out because we think we're safer in here. God is calling you to be a contender, to step into the place that God has called you to do. Don't let man, woman, business, company, any religious attitude, don't let them stop you because God has called you and you need to find a way to be humble and submitted to God at the same time obedient to his word and to his calling on your life. Stepping into that is tough and you have to be a contender. But you have to get in wrestling mode for this. You cannot be all passive about it and hope it just works out someday. In your time with God, understanding that when he speaks to you and talks to you and then you interact with somebody else, that's why we believe in submission one to another. Because we need each other to bounce it off and understand and communicate back and forth. And out of that rises the will of God. Not because I have some kind of insight and I point you into something. Can I just explain? God is wanting to raise you up into the place that he has called you. And it's about your obedience. Now, I don't know if Lila doesn't explain it as debilitating as anxiety was to her through the years of being so frozen and bound up. It was an attack from the enemy. And you may not have anxiety at that level, but you have been frozen and put in place. This this is so hilarious almost to me how the, the warp of sin has caused in this church this big problem. And then the churches are separated about it today. And they talk about it and they batter it back and forth. Just get over it. Submit to God and submit to each other and let God lead you. Um, we've always operated in unity. And uh, if we don't have unity, we're like dead in the water so we work hard at unity and relationship and we were having a decision uh, to add a pastor to our church in Montana and we always operate with husbands and wives in, uh, in our leadership team and if they're single that's okay you have women or men but we were all equal and sitting around there in prayer about this and it was the last time I said hey we're going to hire this person uh, last, last comments anybody feel clear about it I was in the assumption mode Sometimes we leaders get in, and I was just saying, you know, that we're ready to do this. And one past elder's wife, a leadership wife, well, she was a leader. She had a leadership husband. See, this is how her culture is. Um, she said, I, she raised her hand, and she was kind of meek and mild about it. I said, what, what, yeah? And she goes, I just, I hate to cause a problem, but I think I have a hesitation about this. God used that to cause us to stop because we don't do anything unless it's unity. And we didn't just stop and avoid a, we avoided a big problem because God spoke to her and she was willing to step into that role of leadership and say, I have a hesitation about this. I need, to, I need you to hear from God through me. Be a contender. God wants to use you in mighty ways. He wants to use his church in mighty ways. He wants to use all our churches. He wants to use the kingdom of God to expand. And if we shrink back because we're intimidated, we're going to miss what God wants us to do.
We need his Holy Spirit. Lila's going to pray for us now. Women, I just want to pray for you specifically, and then pray for everybody. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I come before you, and I just thank you for your goodness and how you've created us all and how you have a plan and purpose for all of us. And Lord, I pray that if there's women here today that feel like they've been um, bound up by something someone has said, um, where they feel the lack of freedom to move out and do what you've asked them to do, God, I pray that you'll release them today. I pray that you will strengthen them. I pray that um, you will encourage them. Lord, if they feel like the cost has gotten pretty high, I pray that you'll encourage them. I pray that you'll send other people to intercede for them, to um, talk to them, to uh, share with them. Father, I pray that you will move our women out to do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that they'll feel the freedom to do it. And Lord, we just pray for everyone here. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you'll just help us all to walk um, in what you've called us to do. Each of us have things to do for you and to advance the kingdom. And I pray in the name of Jesus we'll be obedient to you. I pray that you'll help us to be willing, help us to be obedient. And Lord, help us to respond to your nudge. Father, help us to respond to um, what you ask us to do. And help us to trust you to know that you love us and you want us to be led by you and encouraged by you. And you're safe, Lord Jesus, you're safe. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. about a position it's about who you are in Jesus okay so we need to understand we need to understand that God wants to use us in his kingdom beyond these walls I love the scripture Paul started out I want everybody to have holy hands lifted up to me sometimes hands being raised are like uh, in declaration, sometimes their hands being raised in like, I'm just loving to worship you, God, but sometimes raised hands are in surrender to God. So I'm coming out with my hands up, God. I want you and I to surrender to God today. Would you do that? I, I think we were challenged by Lila, by the word, by what God wants to do. I don't know what God is calling you to do, and the comfort level might really be uncomfortable but you, with the Holy Spirit and his help, you can do this. You can do this. Man, woman, child, old or young. Hands open to God, will you please? Jesus, we surrender to you. We ask your Holy Spirit to lead us, specifically in the steps that we're supposed to take. Nudge us, Lord. Help us to know your nudge. Help us to, help us to have relationship with those around us where we can submit to one another and to hear your voice and call and move out together in areas, Lord. I pray for anyone who's been held back or hurt or abused or hindered in any way by the work of the enemy. We come against that in Jesus' name. We ask freedom to dwell in our hearts and in our lives and that our minds would be opened up to what you have for us, the possibilities. We thank you for it. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. 
It's about you, not us, God. And we love that, that it's about you. In your name we pray. Amen. You can hug a few folks if you're to be dismissed. And if you need some prayer, if you need some other help, uh, we're around here. So find someone. (laughs) 